everyone. Welcome to the Mission Daily. I'm Chad Grills. I've got Stephanie Postles across the table from me. Life is good. Life is really good. Welcome, everyone. And we've been getting a whole slew of questions from Instagram DMs, direct emails, on the socials, just everywhere. And there has been one theme that keeps reemerging in these questions and comments. And it's typically some type of question around work-life balance. This is a tricky subject. It's not something that I claim to be awesome at. I might be a workaholic. I might be lazy. I don't know. I oscillate between the two. I'm always trying to figure it out. And we got a really good question from one listener in particular about kind of work-life balance. And we wanted to answer it because so many people have been asking and I wanted to answer in the form of a story. Let's hear it. I'm ready. So first, we have to jump into some back background, some history. So when I left the military back in 2012, I wanted to be an inventor. And when you met me, Steph, that's I what remember. I was. Yeah, it's uh, if you want to make a lot of friends or get people to laugh at you at social gatherings in different situations, tell them that you aspire to be an inventor. Do you that's remember? A great, it's a great way to do it. How you uh, or what you told me about when we first met? Yeah, definitely. What? Yeah. Uh, the first patent I, okay. I filed for, I want to see if uh, we had the same memory. for a nasal air filter, a disposable filter. That was uh, just after I got back from Iraq and you know breathing in what was called moon dust and all kinds of other horrible things over there. And it's still something that needs to be invented. But uh, so among other things, like that's what I was doing when I left the military. And as I started to pursue it more and more, I figured that not only did I not want to go that route. It wasn't a good route to do on your own. You needed enormous amounts of capital and a team and everything like that. Ultimately, you have to build an entire company if you're ever going to do that successfully in a repeatable fashion. So in many cases, that's what the mission helps helps us do. And we're yeah really excited about that. And we're honored that we're getting getting to do that. But it's really important that we bring up this story because now at the mission, when we're incubating new ideas and starting to build things, um, especially our microsites, it's important that we learn as quickly as possible about what's going on in the field. So whether that's uh, in the field of leadership and work-life balance or bots and machine learning and AI, it's not really AI, but people call it that. It's important to learn as fast as you can. And two of the microsites that we're building right now, bestpodcast.com and podcast.ai are in their infancy, but we're gonna be using bots and machine learning. In fact, we already are for both to kind of make them better and better and better. It's really exciting, but you have to learn from the best in the world. You have to get out and get experiences and see what other people are doing. So where do you think I'm gonna go to learn about bots and AI and machine learning? Let's see, well, books, you love a good book. Books, but most importantly, I'm going to the Twilio Signal Conference. That's coming up on October 17th and 18th. The mission's gonna be there on location and if you are interested in machine learning, bots, and want to know how those are changing business and the way that people communicate with each other, you'll want to go. And to receive 20% off tickets, go to signal.twilio.com and use the code MISSION20. So back to our story. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to be able to implement a lot of what we learn into those microsites and ultimately the platform we're building for the mission. So that's really cool. We're getting all these questions about work-life balance and you know we want the mission to be a learning organization and the best way to learn is to get out in the field go to these conferences but also to tell stories and we want to be a storytelling organization so 
Could you read this uh, question that came in from yep. Florida? I yep. promise I'll tie this all together. I promise. I was about to say, we really need to pull it back to work-life balance. But promise. okay, so Florian submitted a question. He said, I would love to hear about balancing work and free time. How much work should I be doing versus how much time should be devoted to socializing? Cool. So this is a great question that kind of sums up all the other comments that we've been receiving. So Steph, I want to hear your thoughts on this first. What are What is your go-to uh, thought about this? And then I'll tell my long and uh, rambling story. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I think it depends. I mean, at least in my case, I think it depends on where you're at in the stage of your life and what you're doing. So for me, I am thinking maybe like a couple years ago, I was balancing a full-time job and all the stuff we were working on. And so it just depends where you're at right then. It's like, I could only devote a certain amount of time to our business stuff and a certain amount of time to work and then make sure I got free time in between. Whereas, you know, now having a new baby, it makes it very different. And if you're a single male or female, it's just, it's all very different. So I mm -hmm. think every person has a different case and scenario and you should always make sure that you do leave time for that socializing and friends and getting out in the world and having those real world experiences because that can actually help what you're doing for work and the things that you're building on the side or even your, you know, nine to five job. Reinforce everything. Yep. So I, I think there's no one answer fits all type thing and you just have to examine your life and make sure that you put it in the balance that uh, you enjoy because a lot of people I've read enjoy work and they don't view it as work. So they're like, I don't need work-life balance because what I'm working on I is have fun. fun Monday yeah. through Friday. And Whereas, of course there's going to, there might be stresses in there, but generally if what you're doing is fun or, you know, you enjoy it and you don't really call it work, then yeah, more power to you. Yeah. Where if you're feeling, you know, really stressed and you're like, I'm really not enjoying this, then sure you should take a step back and make sure that you get that time for socializing, get that time for fun and start balancing your life in a way that makes you not only happier, but also more productive. So it depends. Great answer. So the story I wanted to tell is going to be a deep dive. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Producer Max has informed me that we say deep dive too much. You are not allowed to say it anymore. But this is actually a deep dive <laughs> into the ocean depths. So my story begins with the words, call me Ishmael. Okay. Do you know where that's from? No. So those are the first words in Moby Dick by Herman Melville. Okay. And fun side note. I kind of tricked. There's a couple of listeners that, that already caught on, but they're actually not the first words. Everybody thinks that they are, but they're, I think chapter three is when those words start. So Moby Dick is an American classic. It is a novel that I think only sold about 3,500 copies in the author's lifetime, but afterwards it became infamous and it became uh, just a, a marvel of literary accomplishment. And Herman Melville was so far ahead of his time that the first two chapters of that book, which are long, are entirely devoted to educating the public about whaling and humanizing whales to make sure that the public knew that you know this brute practice, a disgusting practice of whaling couldn't continue forever. And it was definitely, you know, Moby Dick is a cautionary tale about what happens when you let your ego get a hold of you and decide to hustle too hard or work nonstop and kind of become possessed by that. It is the best cautionary tale of all time about that, but also, uh, some other things. So on the surface, it sounds like this book is just about whaling. And it starts with the narrator, call me Ishmael. Ishmael is the narrator that is authoring this story that's telling it. And the other main characters are uh, Captain Ahab, who's the crazy guy. So Captain Ahab, you want to think of him as that's you when you decide to hustle 24-7 with wild ambition. You know, you let ideas like revenge or, or justice or something like that 
consume you and you let it possess you and you just get into a mindset where you become a workaholic. And then Starbuck is the first mate on this whaling ship. And Starbuck is the voice of, he's kind of like the the wimpy doubter. He's, he's the person that reminds you like, you need to stop and st- smell the roses basically. You're working too hard. And that can be good sometimes. Sometimes it can be a distraction, you know, whatever the case is. So for those of you that know the story, Captain Ahab gets his uh, leg taken by Moby Dick. He almost gets killed. And so he's on this quest, quest for vengeance to kill the whale. And everyone's on the ship. And it becomes pretty apparent that he is uh, he doesn't have a work-life balance. He's just nonstop uh, crazy guy. And there's a really, really fun portion of the story that illustrates this uh, that I just want to tell. Because I think Here. everybody's... Uh, it's so, so important that not all of us have the time to read a classic 300-page work of American literature. So hopefully it's probably longer than 300 pages. I'm glad pages. you said that because I'm like, is it embarrassing that I haven't read this? No, not not at all. It's, <laughs> okay. it's a really dense book and to unpack it requires a lot of study. So this is right at the time where people are starting to doubt the sanity of Captain Ahab. And he starts launching into this long tirade on the deck of the ship of the whaling vessel about how he's going to kill Moby Dick. And that's going to be, you know, his vengeance and everything like that. And Starbuck pipes up and chimes in and says, Captain Ahab, to seek revenge on a dumb brute seems blasphemous. And Ahab, of course, is like, what? Like, you you know, you better check yourself just like that in a high-pitched voice. Instead, he responds and says, blasphemy, Starbuck? Speak not to me of blasphemy. Hark ye yet again the little lower layer. All visible objects, man, are but pasteboard masks. But in each event, in the living act, the undoubted deed, there some unknown but still reasoning thing puts forth the moldings of its features from behind the unreasoning mask. If man will strike, strike through the mask. How can the prisoner reach outside except by thrusting through the wall? To me, the white whale, Moby Dick, is that wall shoved near to me. Sometimes I think there's not beyond, but tis enough. He tasks me, he heaps me. I see in him outrageous strength with an inscrutable malice sinewing it. That inscrutable thing is chiefly what I hate. And be the white whale agent or be the white whale principal, I will wreck my hate upon him. Talk not to me of blasphemy, man. I'd strike out the sun if it insulted me. Whoa, that's, you know, work-life balance is getting out of control there. He sounds a little cray. <laughs> <laughs> For could the sun do that, then could I do the other, since there is ever a sort of fair play herein, jealousy providing, presiding over all creations. But not my master, man, is even that fair play. Who owns over me? Truth has no confines. So let's, break it down let's step for back. Us. Yep. Let's, let's break it down. There's a lot there. But this is where Melville gets into genius territory. There's a couple things I just want to point out quickly, and then we'll tie up the story of you know how it ends. So Melville says, in through Ahab, who's basically his cipher. So Melville is using these characters. Obviously, all authors are using characters to be ciphers for, for someone, for their ideas, for their philosophy. When Captain Ahab says, in the living act, the undoubted deed, this is where it gets great philosophically. The more you can pursue deeds and get closer and closer to a place of not doubting yourself, the more fun you're going to have, the more you're going to be able to attract a crew and and pursue that. The more authentic your deeds, the more authentic your work, and the more you don't have doubt in what you're doing, you just find yourself in flow, 
hustling, whatever you want to call it, working hard, that's a great place to be. You can free up a ton of mental energy when you put aside guilt and doubt and just be sure of yourself. That's really important. So let's go to the next part. Ahab says, if man will strike, strike through the mask. How can the prisoner reach outside except by thrusting through the wall? So what's he talking about there? He's talking about, so this is way before Elon Musk is on stage talking about simulation theory or anything like that. Ahab and Melville are basically saying that all the objects around us, everything like that, is a pasteboard mask for something else. You know, we can only see a very small percentage of the visible spectrum of light. We can't see everything going on around us. Uh, Humans are woefully ignorant and we just can't see the larger picture of things. But despite that, you should really push to strike through that illusion, the simulation, whatever you want to call it, or Maya, if you want to call it that. That's what it's been called by people that are way smarter than me. The point here is if you're going to pick something to work towards, make it big, make it something that's meaningful, impactful, and do your best to strike through the mask. This is the best speech ever for personal agency. However, Ahab doesn't take any of his crew's advice. And it's easy to think of ourselves in these stories as a protagonist and like Ahab, we're pursuing some great quest, but it's much, much harder to take advice along the way from people who have an outside perspective. You can assemble a crew with a, you know impassioned speeches like this and everything, but you might not survive. Your hustle, your work, your drive can actually consume you to a place and where you know Ahab's clearly crazy at, the, at this point. He's not incorporating feedback. He's not taking the time to relax and he's not listening to his crew. So there's a lot between the lines here, but the point of the story is, and spoiler alert, if you wanna go read Moby Dick, just, uh, just end it now, but spoiler alert, at the end of the book, Ahab is killed and he's he's drugged down by Moby Dick and he's drowned in the depth, he drowns in the depths of the ocean. And the only person that survives is Ishmael, the narrator. And the point being here that that is what the goal should be. You should seek to become the narrator of your own life. And in doing so, in being the author of the entire story, the entire novel, you'll be able to identify when you're playing a character role, when you're going too far, and you're going to be able to identify who in your life is that voice of reason, that Starbuck, that uh, that Ishmael on the ship. And it's crucial that you have monstrous, huge ambitions, that you push to do something that exists long after you're gone or ally with those that are building something like that. But at the same time, don't let it drag you into the depths of the ocean because it certainly can. Any great quest can. So Moby Dick is a cautionary tale, and that's why I wanted to tell that story, because it's just a great reminder and illustration of what you want to be careful of when you decide to structure your own work-life balance. Man, that was <laughs> deep. I mean, I actually really enjoyed that. Pro- I- Producer Max, is that an okay time to use the phrase deep dive? I, I approve. <laughs> awesome. All right. We, All right, we just got a green light for that. Cool. So speaking of reading in between the lines, Uh, If you're interested in that, in reading between the lines in fiction, there's a great book we talked about a lot on the first couple episodes of The Mission Daily, which is uh, Leo Strauss's Persecution and the Art of Writing. I'd really recommend that for anybody that's interested in fiction, novels, and who wants to see what some of these great literary talents were actually talking about. 
And regardless of if it's, you know, if we're just speculating and applying meaning when there is none, the great thing about fiction and literary works is they're thought experiments. They're fun experiments that challenge and kind of like set your mind on fire to think about different things, different scenarios. And it's generally just really fun. And we couldn't do this if we didn't have great sponsors. I was just about to say, when it comes to work-life balance, I have a great idea. This is this is really interesting. So when we talk about great thinkers and speakers, they typically hide their most controversial or most interesting ideas in fiction or else audiences of their peers in dinner conversations, at conferences, in person. And one of the cool things about the Twilio Signal Conference is the people that are speaking there that are industry pioneers are much, much more uh, incentivized to share deep technical insights within with a group of their peers that has paid money to be somewhere. So everybody appropriately values the situation. They're there for the right reasons. And that's where you get the really interesting stuff. That's why we're going there. That's going to be a great place to learn about machine learning, bots, everything like that. So October 17th through the 18th, the mission team will be on location. And if you're interested in any of those topics and want to get out in the real world and see what people think and what people say when they're with an audience of their peers, stop by, come see us. Use the code MISSION20, you'll get 20% off. And that is it. Any final points? Nope, that was great. So Florin, examine your life. Thank you so much for the question. Thanks, Florin. Yeah, that was, that was great. So examine your life. And that's it. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.